everybody. What's going on? Hey, your little name went out in the lighting thing back there. How about him? I don't know. I only just noticed that. Yeah, right now? I don't know. I just noticed it. Where's the... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let me see. I got the remote here. Oh, look at you with your 21st this century remote control shit. This shit <laughs> oh my god. Hi everybody, what's going on? Uh, yeah, John Gora said, wow, I never saw, heard of this Wes Craven movie. I had not either. I actually came across this movie just randomly, like on one of those, you know, underrated 70s horror lists, and then later I found out that it was directed by Wes Craven. It's a very early Wes Craven film, and it was made for TV. Um... But it was actually pretty good. We had like a good time with it. Yeah, I kind of question is this made for TV? It kind of felt it is like made it, for TV. It had, yeah. and it had pauses like commercials were in there. Right, right, right. Yeah, it was but definitely it, it's structured. Pretty good like, flick though. It was pretty good. I th I had a I had a lot of fun with it. It had like a really stacked cast. Uh, yeah. For real. I don't know why it's doing that. I don't know either because it's on two different light circuits. Yeah, That's it's on two different thing. light circuits. So, but I, I can't really figure out how to do that right now. All right. Microphone came unplugged. Holy shit. What the fuck is going on? Oh, my God. Can everybody... Okay. Can everybody hear us now? Can everybody hear us now? Are we back on? Yeah. Okay. They said good. Yeah. Now, did you guys get any audio at all in this show, or was it muted the whole time? That must have just come out. Okay. Because I didn't. Nobody complained about it at first. Right. Yeah. But I was just kind of like, yeah, I yeah. had to track down the wire and see what, where that. Was and then going. this little doohickey like fell out. I don't know yeah. when the fuck that happened. Jesus. Well, Christ. we're gonna have to uh, look, tuck that in here underneath. Well, it'll be sideways then. Yeah. We'll take pressure off of it. There you go. Yeah, because it's gonna. There you go. Yeah, and for a second, it looked like we lost connection too. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sitting there going, uh, "Did our microphone just break?" Which yeah. is because it was on, it was off, and I couldn't okay. figure out what happened to it. Okay, well that explained that. No ghosts, I swear. It was just that little the little shit fell out of the side of the computer. You said it muted three minutes in. Three minutes in. Oh, okay. Because okay. I was gonna say I didn't think it was off the whole time. Yeah. Because I thought like people were answering my okay, questions we'll and shit. Okay, we'll start over. <laughs> we're gonna start over. Yeah. But before we do that, like I said, I want to get into our little like affiliate sponsorship thing. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Skillshare, uh, who is the sponsor slash affiliate for this show. So if you don't know what Skillshare is, it's basically a subscription service. You pay like a small amount every month and you have access to all of these different online classes that are about all kinds of different things, particularly like creative types things like uh, marketing, productivity, figure drawing, portrait painting, graphic design, video editing, music production, anything like that. If you want to learn how to do anything like that, then you can go on Skillshare and take cl take classes. They have classes for beginners. They have classes for intermediate. They have classes for experts. They have classes for pretty much everybody, thousands and thousands of them. And up until November 30th, 2023, uh, Skillshare is having their Black Friday slash Cyber Monday sale. And that means that you get 50% off a monthly or an annual subscription. It's actually a really good deal. So like I said, if you're, there's a link down in the description box. And if you click that link, you can get their uh, Black Friday sale. Like I said, 50% off a monthly or an annual subscription. And you can go take all the classes that you want to. Obviously, full disclosure, we are an affiliate. So we get a small commission when you click on that link and subscribe to Skillshare. So that out of the way, let's talk about this Wes Craven movie. Now, this, like I said, I heard about this on some underrated 70s horror list. And I didn't realize it was Wes Craven until 
later, like when we first started watching it. And this is available to free, like to watch for free. We watched it on YouTube, but um, it's on Tubi also. And I think it's on Plex too. So you can watch it free with commercials. Now, originally, when it first aired on TV, it was called Stranger in Our House. However, later on, it was actually, I think there was some shit added into it. And then it was released theatrically, not in the US, but in Europe, like internationally. And then it was called Summer of Fear. So I feel like that's probably the title that most people know it as, but it's under two different titles. Now, I will also add that this was based on a novel, a YA novel by Lois Duncan, who wrote a lot of things, but she also probably most famous for writing the also a YA novel, on which the movie I Know What You Did Last Summer was based. So this is the same uh, woman that wrote that book, also wrote this one, and it was called Summer of Fear, which is why the movie was called that when it was released otherwise. But yeah, so this showed on TV on Halloween night of 1978. I think it was on NBC. And the actual movie Halloween, the John Carpenter one, I think came out four days before this showed on TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is kind of crazy. So this is Wes Craven's, I put in the description, I just put it's his third-ish movie. The reason I said that was because his first movie, obviously, was Last House on the Left, uh, which is great, but I love that movie, but you, you need a shower afterward because it's very scuzzy. Second one, obviously, Hills Have Eyes. Oh, great flick. Um, and then he made a porno. I don't know if it was a hardcore porn or a softcore porn. And I can't remember what it's called. It's called like something, the fireworks woman or something like that. So I've never seen it. <laughs> but I didn't even know that he sure, made gotta it. Sure, we got to track that one down. I know, I know. We got to watch that one now. Yeah. But then he made this. Now, this was the first movie that he made after he moved um, out to California. And I guess he took it on because he wanted to show like his range. You know what I mean? That he could do different types of projects other than just like exploitation, which is what he'd been known for up to this point. Like I said, he wasn't a huge, hugely famous at this point, but he had made, you know, two very popular exploitation flicks and a porno, which like I said, I didn't know anything about until today. But um, after this one, he made Deadly Blessing, which I think we reviewed not too long ago. I don't love that movie, to be honest. I forgot what that is. So it was about like the weird, like Amish-y people. It's a weird ass movie. I think we reviewed it like just a few months ago. I remember it. But, um, yeah. What year, I, what year were we talking about? 80s? 90s? Yeah, this was 81. I, I think I know what you're talking about. Something like I think it was 81. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so... This, I don't know. I Okay, so this movie, it did come from a YA novel, and I'm gonna say, and it was a made-for-TV movie. So I'm gonna say, if you're looking for, like, gore or boobs or anything like that, you will find none of that here. And it's not super scary, either. It is very YA. When I was watching it, I was like, this reminds me a lot of the movie The Craft. It's kind of like a proto-craft, yeah. I feel witches. like. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And I like I like witch movies. Yeah. There's only one witch in this one, though. Yeah, one witch chick who moved her, finagled her way into this other chick's house, played by um, Linda Blair. And Linda Blair's cute as shit in it. She's about 18 or 19, probably, at the time. I think she's 19. She's like she 19. was 19 when she right. made this. I think this was right after Exorcist 2. Yeah. This was only her third movie, too. Yeah. So, you know, she's playing a late teen. 
with her parents, and this other chick moved in and starts scooping up on her boyfriend and her dad. And this chick starts taking over. You fi she finally realizes that this chick's a witch. And, uh, you know, bad luck had happened before she realized it, but, you know, that, that's, that helped her realize that the chick was a witch. And that's kind of where the, where, where the fun begins. And in the end, <laughs> she's fucking running around in a black gown with her hair all fucking crazy. Looked like a... The witch is, not Linda. Yeah, Moore. the witch was. And she looked like a goth chick. She looked just like like in uh, Feruza Bulk when he, she was in, uh, in The Craft. So I think that's where they got the idea. It did kind of remind Feruza. me of The Craft a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's not like set at a school and there's not like a whole yeah. bunch of witches. It's just one. Just one. Yeah, and they're both cute. The witch and Linda Blair. Yeah. yeah, the witch is actually played by, um, what's her name? Lee Purcell. And I knew I had seen her somewhere. I recognized her from fucking Valley Girl. She was in Valley Girl. She was in Stir Crazy, too, yeah. with um, Gene Wilder. And um, remember the guy that you were saying that was in there that was playing, not her boyfriend. Her boyfriend was the dude that was like eight feet tall. But yeah. <laughs> he was not really eight feet tall, but he's super, super tall. Yeah. Um, but the guy that was playing her brother... I can't remember what her brother's name was yeah. in the movie. I was trying to place the guy. That actor, he played the teenage Clark Kent in Superman. That's right. That's in the right. Richard Donner yep. Superman. Yeah. He was yeah. in Deadly Blessing, too. Oh, yeah. and he was also in Pumpkinhead. Okay, yeah. So we might have, like, recognized him from that, right. too. But I think you probably recognize him from Superman, Superman. because you've seen yeah. that. Jeff East, that guy's Yeah, I kept saying he was from The Greatest American Hero. I'm like, no, it's not it's William Cat. Like, yeah. I know who no, you're Superman. talking about. He's like, well, no, it was the same guy from Carrie. I'm like, no, that was also William Cat. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I knew he, it had something to do with a superhero. He does kind of look like one. I knew it was some kind of superhero. Yeah, movie. that's okay. There was, you go. It was, it was Superman. There he you played go. Superman, young Superman. Yeah. So the story behind this this thing, and I, and I read this, and I haven't read the novel, but I read the synopsis of the novel, and apparently the movie sticks pretty close to the novel, except for the end, because the end of this um, kind of teases a sequel, but of course they never made that. So it ends a lot differently than um, than the uh, movie does. And I think the movie, or the or the book rather, I think the book tried to keep it more ambiguous as to whether that whether she was a witch or not. But the movie, they're like, yeah, she's a fucking witch. And like everybody figures it out at the end. But I think in the book, um, you know, she thought she was a witch, but I think they left like plausible deniability. So you weren't really sure if she was a witch or not. Or if that girl was just, like, jealous and was imagining it. Also, I think the characters in the book were a little bit younger. Because I think the Linda Blair character in the book was only 15. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas here, she's clearly older. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like a high school senior. Yeah, she seems to be, like, a high school. Like, she's just going to graduate high school yeah. or something. Like I said, she was 19. Linda Blair was 19 when she made this. Now, Lee Purcell, who was playing the cousin, who was supposed to be the same age, I believe she was 31. Okay, she doesn't look 31. She doesn't look 31, though. Yeah. She still she could still pass, like, yeah. for a teenager, I thought. Because yeah. she she just gave me, like, a college student kind right, of vibe. Right, right. A girl just just graduated from high school, yeah, college freshman type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that they were implying that she had graduated and then she was going to go off to college at the end of the summer. Right. So what happens in this? So Linda Blair lives with her parents and her little brother and she has a, like a brother her same age or a little bit older too. we're calling her linda blair because we had, you watch this to see this is a linda blair movie she well rachel her character's name is rachel, yeah, rachel. She but i'm just this, gonna call her linda blair she carries this whole movie it's <laughs> it's got a lot of it's got it's got a well-known cast but this is basically a linda blair movie probably one of the big big uh, highest quality ones up there with that I've, that I've seen aside from exorcist really 
I love made-for-TV movies. Yeah, this is a pretty good made-for-TV movie. It would fly as a... If you were to read... You could edit it in a certain way to make it a feature movie, but you could tell the aspect ratio. Yeah. And there's something about the incidental music and the, the Sounds kind of like Night Gallery. Yeah, and, 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 and like <laughs> it sounds like every other 70s sitcom. Or not sitcom, just a... Kind of uh, suspense, suspense kind of shows. Yeah, a six million dollar man, or it could even be fucking yeah. love boat for all you know. You know, fucking yeah, if some scary shit was going down on the love boat. Yeah, they would have that yeah, kind yeah, of. Like yeah. I said, I just thought of Night, Night Gallery yeah. because it's like that incidental music. Like sounds very similar. But you, you watch this to see Linda Blair fight witches and the witch. It's uh, and there's like kind of a hot scene at the end. You know, there's no nudity in it, but you know, fucking she, the witch is her shit's getting ready to fall out of the blouse, and she's running around <laughs> and, around, and she's fighting fucking hot little Linda Blair. And fucking Linda Blair was bad. I don't know if you guys don't know. You know, she was fucking dating Rick James and shit. Fucking doing Yeah, fucking, Google yeah. Linda Blair and Rick James. There's all kind yeah. of, like, kind of... Yeah. They're not, like, naked photos, but there's kind of naughty yeah, photos yeah, of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Linda was... <laughs> like, in bed together. Linda so. may have been the super freak, but she was... But that may have been who he was talking about. But she <laughs> she definitely... He, fucking Rick James definitely said that Cold-Blooded was written... About, about Linda, Linda Blair. Blair. He said he fucking loved her. Said, but she broke up with him after two years. She's like, yeah. I, don't know. Yeah. I didn't really even realize they went to, they went out yeah. for that long. So she was, you know, Linda was fucking naughty, and then she did all the damn prison prison movies yeah. and like fucking, Savage Streets and all that. Other yeah. <laughs> Poor Linda Blair. I love Linda Blair. I think she's adorable. So yeah. it's just, and she's adorable in this. Mm-hmm. So uh, Murder Hornet said she had big boobs. Yeah, she did. Well, the yeah, thing about it is natural. like. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it, and, like, you were even saying this, too, like, when we first started watching the movie, you were talking about, like, how chubby she was, yeah, but, like, in this movie, she's, like, not, I was, like, she's not chubby, though. There's something that they had her wear. She has, her. like, a chubby vibe, she but she's cheeks. not actually chubby. She's got chubby cheeks, and they had her in something I thought she was kind of chubby, but then when they show her running around, she, she's not. Yeah, she's just regular size. Yeah. She does have kind of bigger boobs, but, like I said, I think that... When they put her in the movies later, she was just kind of I don't know. Do you want to use the term voluptuous? Maybe. No, she was. She had. She had. Okay. She's curvy. a little short. She was a short person. Kind of curvy for seventies, especially movies and TVs. Yeah. yeah, but we're not talking Russ Myers fucking Kurt. Cur- yeah, she wasn't like I'm bam. Wearing you know, yeah, what I was mean? More, I'm more into that. You know, you should read that. I have. I have. Um, yeah. Russ Myers like a biography of Russ yeah. Myers. It's super entertaining. Right. <laughs> yeah, fucking uh, women that size would be considered tacky, I think, to put on television. Oh, okay, yeah, it's, ki- it's kind of sleazy. That's too sleazy. That's fucking terrible. You have a whole bo- female. And they're body like, I style. can't help it. I was just bored like this. A whole female <laughs> body style. That that's the way those women were born. They said we can't put them on TV. They're too sleazy they're too, looking. Because they that's just fucking nasty. Because well, it's because way. dudes' minds are in the gutter. That's why. Yeah, and the women are getting jealous. <laughs> dudes to see that it's like oh man fuck baby machine <laughs> yeah. yeah is that really what you think Tom? baby machine John Gora said Savage Streets was good too I have a yeah. soft spot for Savage Streets actually I don't think we've ever reviewed that now that I think about it yeah Murder Hornet said I'm flying to Florida December 1st going to Tom's house going to go to the goth club with tennis shoes and a turtleneck okay yeah we'll see we'll see, how, we'll see, how, that we'll see how that goes <laughs> but yeah so Cute little Linda Blair is in this. Although I have to say, her hairstyle... I know it was the style of the time. Her hair in this is fucking tragic. It's a tragic hairstyle. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not even... Sh- level. Oh my <laughs> god. No, p- poofier. Worse, worse, even poofier than poofier. Valerie Bertinelli. Yeah. Valerie Bertinelli's, I feel like, was more of a mullet adjacent. Yeah. yeah. This is much more like... 
I don't know. This is giving me like an Afghan dog yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah, rid of that curly very, hair, man. Very poodly. It's curly, very, very big. Curly, frizzy kind of hair. Very frizzy. Yeah. Like very like, flyaway. Like hair helmets. I was watching like another review of this movie, and they said maybe that maybe she had that hair so it would like give her more height because she was short. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very yeah, and it, it, it and it's not just big like I mean this was 1978, and I know that like 80s was known for big hair, um, but this was like this was egregious even for the time. I, I'm just gonna say that. I don't know how that shit happened. I'm not really sure either, to be honest. And some of the fashion in this is also kind of yeah, horrifying, terrible. but um. Oh, and I forgot to mention, too, that you know who else is in this in, like, a very small role? Fran Drescher. Yeah, that's right. Fran Drescher is she, in this. It's hard to recognize her, though. She's young. She's really young. She's cute in it, but I didn't realize it was Fran Drescher. She I'm not sure me. if it's her first movie. And it's like yeah. she, you can still tell, like, when she talks, you can yeah. still tell it's her because she still has that voice. It's not as exaggerated as yeah. it was on The Nanny, the obviously. But she still yeah. has that voice. She's the only one in this other podcast I was watching that was talking about it, that they said, um... That she's like the only one that looks like she could still pass like with her hair and her clothes like you could still look like that now and nobody would think it was weird yeah. but like everybody else in this movie just looks so 70s it's just yeah. like <laughs> i don't know what they were thinking i'm not really sure either yeah but so yeah so linda blair is this <coughs> high school i presume she's a high school student so she lives with her parents they live out in california now at the very beginning there's uh, this movie starts out like with a bang it starts out with a fucking car chase like there's cars like going all through the and it's like a pov where they're going like all through the road and everything this car goes off the fucking cliff and blows up and like all cars were contractually obligated to do in the 1970s when they went off a cliff they just had to explode so um as they said on rip tracks last night in the 70s all the cars were made of nitroglycerin yeah. but um but because they all just exploded when they went down a hill so that happens and then you find out that linda blair's aunt uncle and housekeeper have been killed in an accident like out on the east coast didn't they say they lived in the ozarks or around the ozarks somewhere i think that was brought up at some point so um i think it's the mom's sister and brother-in-law i think it was so they're all dead and so their daughter julia who was about the same age as linda blair's character rachel um, is presumably left orphaned. So when the parents fly out there to the funeral, they actually bring Julia back with them. It's like, oh, Julia's going to stay with us over the summer until she goes off to college. Like, she's supposed to go to college in Boston or something like that. So she shows up. Now, when she first gets there, um, I made the joke initially that she was doing um, Lorraine Warren cosplay because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. because she looks very buttoned up. Um, you know, she's like the, got the lacy tops that's like all the way to the top. Yeah. And, and so you think it's like, is she like a Mennonite or what's going on with that? She looks like some a televangelist chick. Yeah. And then she has like a real thick, like kind of Southern sounding accent or like, you know, kind of a hillbilly sounding accent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Probably pseudo. I right. Um, well, it was, well, it faded as the movie as went on. It was really kind of like the only first, yeah. which, and you find out why that is later on. <coughs> but yeah, so she seems like real weird. And then like Linda Blair is like talking to her brother and her boyfriend. I'm like, was weird chick. Maybe we should like straighten her out a little bit and get her up into this century. And so they kind of, at some point they like Linda Blair tries to be friendly toward this Julia girl. It's like, hey, you can even live in my room. It'll be nice having a girl my age around. But at first, like, 
Julia seems a little bit like a wet mop, you know what I mean? Like she didn't want to do anything and it's just kind of like she looks like real square and she's like no fun and shit like that. But very quickly, um, she goes out shopping with Linda Blair and Fran Drescher's characters. And she goes off by herself and without telling anybody where she's going. And she gets a makeover. And she comes back looking considerably worse than she did before, I have to say. Because I think that she told, she says that she told the hairdresser to make her look like Linda Blair. So she didn't go crazy with the frizzy hair, but kind of. So it's just like this weird 70s hair helmet situation. And then they put her in this outfit, which I think was like a hot pink button-up shirt with like a brown vest over it. Yeah. <laughs> and like brown shorts, skirt. Yeah. And like uh-huh. those, and those kind of like, um, not platform shoes, but those wedge, like yeah. those wedge sandals. And it looks... Um, I, I don't know. It, it looked real. I was just, man. I was like, well, I didn't love the Lorraine Warren shit from before, but it looked better than Earth this. Earth were fucking cool in the same I know they were. They were big into that. I know they were. Yeah. So then very slowly, um, well, I don't even know if it's slowly. Julia starts to systematically chip away at everything in Linda Blair's life, pretty much. So Linda Blair is. Um, she has a boyfriend named Mike who's eight feet tall and she is going to be in this horse show where she's kind of the favorite to win or whatever. And she's going to go to this dance with her boyfriend and she's making a dress for it. So then in quick succession, the dress that she makes for the dance, she comes out and she's like, man, I've pulled this apart like three times and it looks like ass, which it does. And it does. It looks terrible. It just looks like it's pink and it's kind of like. looks like a bathrobe wrapped. It looks like a bathrobe. No, it looks like a fucking bath towel wrapped. Yeah, I thought it was a towel. Like a bath it looked like shit. Because it's just like hanging off her and she's yeah. like, I don't I can't wear this. I don't know yeah. what I'm going to do and shit like that. And so, um, so she gets upset about that. And then she's supposed to go to the dance with her boyfriend, but then she mysteriously gets a horrible, horrible case of hives, which, and I mean, there's no covering it up with makeup. There's like these big fucking red boils like all over her face. And so she can't go to the dance. Unwisely, um, they're like, well, why don't you let your brother, like your boyfriend, Mike, take Julia to the dance since you can't go? And I was like, well, that's nice. Oh, and why don't you let her wear that dress? Maybe it'll fit her. Yeah, she takes over her fucking So she puts the dress on that looked, like, horrible on Linda Blair. And she comes out and she's like, ta-da. And, like, Julia looks, like, fucking fabulous in the shit. Like, it was made for her, right? Yeah. And Linda Blair is like, fuck my life. You know what I mean? Like, seriously. And you, you, I I felt really bad for her, like, this whole time. Because I was like, oh, my God, that would suck so hard. I saw it coming, though. Well, yeah. Yeah, this is, I'm going to say it's, it's based on a YA novel. So everything that happens in it is, like, pretty predictable. And it is very much centered around teenage drama, okay? Like, like what it would feel like if you were a teenage girl and this other bitch came into your house and, like, started systematically, like, taking, taking your life away from you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, so she does that. So she's like, oh, my God, this dress looks so much better on me. Like, she says passive-aggressive shit, but then, like, she just straight up gets aggressive and bitchy towards, like, as the movie goes on. But she's passive-aggressive at first. Oh, I don't know why, like, why this fits so much better than me. So she's like that. So then she goes to the dance and then ends up, does she fuck the boyfriend? I don't know if they implied that. I mean, well, they just fell in love or whatever. Yeah. So she takes her boyfriend. Now, the weird thing about it is that um, Linda Blair's brother, 
who is about the same age as her. He's like 19, 20, something like that. He has the hots for Julia, even though presumably that is their cousin. And nobody thinks that that's weird. Like everyone's like, oh, it's so cute. He has a crush on her. I'm like, you're related. <laughs> like spoiler alert, they're not really related, but they think they're related. They think that's their cousin. Like that's their mom's sister's daughter, right? So it's like, why do they not think that's weird that- It's first cousin. Yeah, that the first cousin is like, everybody would be like, bro, stop it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's weird. That's good. But like, I didn't even realize that until later. I'm like, oh my God, they're, they're related. They're, like I said, spoiler alert, they're not really related. Because she turns out to be not who she's supposed to be. But um, but they think they're related and nobody thinks that's weird. So he has a crush, but she's like, no, I'm going to take Linda Blair's boyfriend instead. And she does shit like her and Mike, the boyfriend, are making out in the car right in front of Linda Blair's bedroom window. Like they're look, she's yeah. looking out the window going, man, that motherfucker. Yeah. Like that. And they're just out there going, blah, blah, blah. oh, did you see that? Did you see us making out? You know what I mean? It's, I'm like, okay. So then it gets even worse because... Um, you know, so Linda Blair's like hives clear up after the dance after and after Julia steals her boyfriend. And then she has to go to this horse show and compete. And she tells Mike off. She's like, man, fuck off, bro. I don't even want to like, look at your face, which I don't blame her. So, so she goes to compete. Her horse, whose name is Sundance, who she's had for like a really long time, flips out and basically like crashes through a fence and like rolls down a hill. I'm going to say that whoever that stunt person was that was riding that horse, I hope they're okay because that stunt looked really um, painful. That horse fell right on that person. I don't know if that was a, a, a female stunt person or a male stunt person. It was hard to tell. Hopefully it was not Linda Blair. I don't think it was Linda Blair. I'm sure it was a stunt person. But um, yeah, so the horse rolled right over on them, whoever it was. So then the horse breaks its leg and has to be put down. So of course, Linda Blair is just inconsolable about this because that's another thing. The horse did not like Julia, like from the beginning, because the horse knew what was up. Yeah, that's a witch. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no one listens to the horse. Nobody listened to the horse. The horse was just like, fuck that bitch. She's like, it's black magic. Yeah, and I did mention that you don't have to put horses down when they get laid. Well, that's funny because I was, I was watching Sinister Cinema, yeah. and him and his wife were on there talking about this movie because they were doing a whole Wes Craven thing um, a while back. And they said the same thing. They're like, why would you have to kill a horse just because its leg was broken? You don't do that to any other animal. That's an old, cow, that's a, that's a old cowboy thing. If, if, your, if your horse broke a leg while you were on a journey out in the field, you couldn't fix it there in the field, and you couldn't walk the horse the 100 miles back to the fucking barn or the 30 miles to the barn. It's kind of cruel to the horse. Well, yeah. So a lot of times they just shoot the horse. Yeah. And walk back. Or walk to the nearest town. Try to buy another horse or buy passage back home. But if it happens on the barn... Yeah, even in 1970, even yeah. in 1978, and I'm sure it's better nowadays. Yeah. Now, if, I don't... Like, if you had a horse that was like a show horse yeah. and you had money and yeah. someplace to board it, I mean, they obviously... Can, they can fix them. Now, if it's a real, if it's a, if it's a star athlete horse, it'll probably never be exactly like it was. Well, yeah, maybe that's why. They so do. sometimes they're like, "Well, I don't want to. We'll spend the twenty thousand dollars fucking fixing this horse, and then it won't be worth what it is now. We'll lose money on it. Maybe put put the horse down. That's a possibility, but you can't fix them. That's what I. Some thought. people would just. A lot of people, if they love the horse, they're just going to have the horse fixed. They'll fix the horse. 
you know. And then they might put it out the pasture, sell it to somebody else, you know. And uh, although I may be talking out my ass, they might be able to fix them and they just come back good as new. I mean, po uh, therapy, you know what I mean? Post-surgery, post-healing therapy is, is key. You might be able to bring a horse back. I'd have to ask my mom. She's an expert on that. Yeah, your mom would know. She would know exactly, would. yeah. Because we but, always thought, cause, and they thought that too. They're like, why would you just have to kill it? It's yeah. like, yeah, we've always heard that, but it's like, that has to be like I've an seen urban horrible legend. Horrible injuries something. myself. I've seen fucking photographs of horrible fucking hoof injuries to horses where a horse pulled its own hoof off and there was nothing but just a bone sticking oh. there. And man, I saw that oh, photograph no. and I was nearly just beside myself. It looked so fucking gross. You I can't just, imagine. You can see that fucking bone of that fucking horse foot. And I was thinking, I guess they put that horse down. She goes, no, 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 look at it. And they showed it, and it was the after photo where it all grew back. It was perfect. Oh. Because it's like a fingernail. Oh, that's good. It happen. grows back. Yeah, they yeah, did, yeah. It's the they same. They did some stuff, and they, they did have to do some surgery stuff, and it grew back like a fingernail. The horse was, the horse was normal. But it's very painful for the horse. Well, so I can imagine. It'd be like well, having yeah. your fingernail, worse than your fingernail being ripped off by the... Yeah, because I mean, that's and that's painful enough, but yeah. our fingernails are like little tiny. Well, mine. Yeah. look at me. I, just, I have fake fingernails yeah. on. So <laughs> These aren't even my real fingernails. But um, but yeah, so Sebastian said, I remember this movie now. Was it a witch taking over the family, etc.? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I also neglected to mention that this Julia bitch is not only scoping on linda blair's boyfriend but also on her dad yeah. so there's this whole scene where the mom kind of comes in the she's like what i hear giggling or something like that somewhere and we're like uh oh because before we've already seen julia being like hey i can play chess with the dad i'm really good at it and you know get, bringing out his briefcase and like kissing him on the cheek and stuff like that i'm like mm, i see where this is going so so the mom like comes into the kitchen one night and sees the dad and Julia, who is like half his age at least, and supposedly related to him. Um, yeah, they're like your uncle, huh? Yeah, like they're yeah. not related by blood because, like I yeah. said, I think married, I think marriage, that, yeah. but they're related by marriage. So yeah. still creepy. That's still creepy, whichever way you look at it. So they're like in the fridge, like giggling and like feeding each other grapes and stuff, and I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. And then late, not illegal actually. If she no, were, if they were to divorce, they could marry. Well, yeah, like I said, it's, they're not related. It's still creepy though, it's creepy, just, though. just because very rude. You know, yeah, well, be, yeah, I mean, it is. Not supposed to be fucking your in-laws. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's Although not. I've known a lot of people that have done it. That's yeah, I've heard really. A lot of people done it. Yeah, yeah. It, it is yeah. like probably more common than you think. It's more common than you think. Fucking, which is some it's very strange. But I guess some, that's just people that well, they're around and you see them all the time. Yeah. So yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna cheat or you're gonna like yeah. fuck with it's like oh well yeah. this person's available they're just I've, right there I see them I heard the of chicks fooling around on their husbands with the husband's si uh, brother that kind of stuff I've heard of that too that kind of stuff happens and the dude you know and dudes like with, with their wife's sister you know yeah. kind of same kind of thing yeah because like I said you see them yeah around yeah and maybe they're thinking too it's like oh well it's kind of like fucking my spouse but or, different yeah <laughs> you know what I mean because yeah. they're related but it's a different person like I don't like I like I don't really get why that would be weird, but I mean get why that would be attractive, but because of the taboo of it, probably. I guess you don't have any brothers anyway. Don't <laughs> <laughs> have any sisters either. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, you're a you're an only, only child. child. Yeah, that's why I came out this way. Tom is an island. No, oh, are you saying that's kind of why I'm normal because I have siblings? Yeah, I'm not normal because look, I was I was an island. <laughs> unto yourself yeah i've known lots of only children that were completely <coughs> fine and well adjusted but i will say that it's a certain kind of personality though it yeah it does it does um 
And I guess it depends what kind of relationship you have with your siblings, too. Yeah. Like, I have three siblings. I have a sister and two brothers. But it's just kind of like, we always got along. We're, like, very, very similar. And I've, I've heard that other other people that I know with siblings are not like that. Like, a lot of times they're, it's a very contentious relationship, but I didn't have that. Even though there's a wide gap, like, in ages between all of us. So, so she's, now, it's implied, this is a TV movie, and it's, PG-13. But isn't it, I thought it was implied that the dad and the and Julia fucked. I mean, it looked like they were going to fuck, oh, right? No, they, they told you. Basically, they told you that. I mean, it looked you. like, because the mom had to go on a, she was a photographer or yeah. something, so she had to go, like, out on a job, so she had to go out of town. And it's like, the second she was gone, Julia is, like, in the bedroom, like, trying on the mom's nighties yeah. and shit like that. And he's well, just like, tele- hey, what is They're that? telegraphing it to you 70s style. Right. Yeah, yeah they're, they're And then it's, like, fade into black. And I'm just yeah. like, yeah, they totally of fucked. Of course. And then the hilarious thing is that at the very end, because <laughs> I just thought I'd bring this up, at the very end, like, after the witch presumably gets killed or whatever, even though <coughs> that's not what happens, which I'll get into in a minute. But everyone's just like, oh, everything's back to normal. And the dad is like, and I'd be like, if I was the wife... I'd be like, um, did you not, did you forget that you fucked that girl? Like, what? well, I don't even remember what happened. I was like, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I'm sure. So it's, you know what I mean? <laughs> I was bewitched the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> this, that's your excuse. But yeah, so everything just goes back to normal at the end, which I thought was like kind of hysterical. But yeah, so, so obviously Linda Blair figures out that this twat is a witch but of course nobody believes her, right? Because she finds shit in her room. Because this witch is like, she doesn't even give a shit about like hiding all of her spell stuff. Like, because yeah. Linda Blair finds like a picture of her that has like red splotches all over it. Because, you know, the hives or whatever. And she finds like a wax figure. I guess it's supposed to be the horse because it said it had horse hair on it. Yeah. So I guess she was using that to like fuck the horse up so like the horse would get killed. And so she just leaves it in the room that they're sharing. She jakes the horse. Right. So Linda Blair finds all this stuff and then she's like, she's like, oh my God, this is a witch and she's doing all this stuff. But like I said, of course, nobody believes her. Now, conveniently, there's a, was it he an anthropology professor or some shit like that that lives across the street or down the street or something? And he happens to know all about witchcraft. So she goes down there and goes, um, hey, I'm writing a short story. Yeah, that's it. Um, about witchcraft or black magic. And like, she, he, she wants to know if like people can control people like that. And he's all into it. And he kind of actually believes her. But then she makes the dumbest decision in the history of decisions, I feel like. Because she says to Julia, straight up to her face, I know what you are. And, like, I know what you did. And you found this. And I'm going to prove it. And I'm going to use, like, anthropology professor, whatever his um, name was. I can't remember. Professor something. And she's like, and I'm going to, you know, he's going to help me. And then she's like, oh, he's going to help you? I don't think so, baby. Yeah, right. And then he has a fucking stroke. She telegraphed it. Why? Why did you tell her? I'm like, I wouldn't tell that bitch anything. Like, if I, like, okay. Because it's a movie. That's what I mean. Well, that, well, okay. So that's the thing. Here's, if I was in this situation, like, I'm never going to be in this situation. Yeah. If I was in a situation where it's like, hey, my long lost cousin, like, moves in the house. I'm like, this bitch is a witch. She's like, she steals you away. She goes yeah. and fuck my dad. She, you yeah. know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, kills my animals. So she does this kind of stuff. Takes all your clothes. Takes all my clothes, like, and they look a million times better on her. Right. And she's just, like, takes all my friends, all this other kind of shit. So she did that, 
And I suspect that she's using back black magic. I find like little spells, like little pictures of me with my eyeballs burned out and shit like that. So I find that. Fuck. I am not going right up to her face and saying, bitch, I'm on to you, blah, blah, blah. No, yeah. I'm going to be like fucking sneaky about it. Yeah, see, what you, it, which is exactly what Linda Blair should have done. Yeah. And see, I kind of blame Linda Blair for getting the professor to have us. He didn't die. He just had a stroke. Ice. I'm going to get you some ice. Yeah. He just had a stroke. But, um... But I was like, I kind of blame that on you, Linda Blair, because you shouldn't have said anything. You shouldn't have said that you were on to her. You could have just been like, man, you're such a bitch and I don't like you and blah, blah, blah. You didn't have to say, hey, I know you're a witch and you're doing all this stuff with black magic because obviously she's going to she's just going to be whatever. What are you going to do about it? Like because she had bewitched everybody in the family. Like, you know what I mean? So they were all kind of in love with her in a way. Um, except for the mom. The mom, they didn't really go too much into this. Because, like I said, it was mostly focused on Linda Blair, you know, and her struggles, I guess. Um, but she was affecting the other members of the family as well. Like, she was kind of being nice to the little brother and all this other kind of shit. But I feel like the mom maybe knew something was up, but didn't want to admit it. And the mom, like I said, saw, she didn't see them fucking, but she did see her husband and Julia, like, feeding each other grapes from the fridge, which might as well be fucking. So, um... She knew it was up. So she kind of knew it was up. But there's a scene toward the end, and this is kind of weird, too. So the professor, before he has a stroke, (coughs) or actually, no, was it after he had the stroke and then he, like, woke up for a second? I can't remember. But he tells Linda Blair, um, because she's like, I have to prove that this, she's a witch, nobody believes me. And he says, witches can't be photographed. And I was like, this is the first time I ever heard of that. I thought that was a vampire thing. Yeah, it is a vampire thing. They just had to have, they just had to have some kind of a mechanism. Like a definitive yeah, they had to have kind of thing like where you to, could prove it. So you could it. prove it, right. That's, I've never heard that. I never heard that either. But like I said, I kind of maybe that's an Ozarks folklore kind of thing. That witches can't be photographed. So Linda Blair is trying to get her mom to take a pic. Hey, why don't you take a picture of Julia? I'm sure she'd really love that blog because she's trying to prove it to her mom or whatever. And finally, she busts out and says to her mom, she's like, Jul-, she's like, Julia's a witch and all this other kind of And the mom just like doesn't want to hear it. But I think the mom maybe suspected that she was right because she knew something wasn't right with that girl. But she didn't want to because she thought, oh, this is my niece. Yeah. And I don't want to think bad about her. But I think she thought something was up to but so then it turns out that Julia was going to kill the mom because the mom was going on the trip. She was going to Santa Fe or someplace. And um, she had mapped out the trip and like Julia had like burned this little place on the map. She's like, oh, she's, I'm going to make her car go off the cliff or whatever. Yeah. Like she did to her parents. And um, so like, but Linda Blair fly, finds out about that and like saves her and everything. But that's the thing. This is kind of how, this is different than the ending of the book because in the book, I think... They left it more ambiguous as to whether Julia was really a witch or not, or if, you know, um, Linda Blair, if Rachel was just imagining all of it. In the book, it's obvious, like, because when Julia gets mad at the end and she's just like, because Linda Blair, like, locks her in the, like, they have this big, like, bitch cat fight. And then she locks her in the, um, in her mom's, uh, what do you call it, dark room. And then, like, Julia, like, witches out. She gets, like, fucking big-ass hair and, like, white contact lenses, and she's like, ah! you know what yeah. I mean? So, like, she's like that. It looks pretty cool, actually. She yeah, looks, she looks like, good. She looks, like, a million times better. Yeah. She looks fine. 
Yeah. She looks hot. Yeah, she, she looks, looks like a goth chick from the 70s. She looks like way hotter than yeah, she yeah. did like, the other way. She had the white fucking Hulk contact lenses. That's back when nobody knew what that was. They they can do that? Yeah. yeah. It's a contact. Now you can buy those things off fucking eBay. <laughs> yeah, for like <laughs> yeah. 10 bucks or something. 10 bucks, yeah. Technology. Yeah, I have a bunch of them. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but so she actually kind of goes, and like bust the door open. Because I was just kind of like, what? Because she, she's having like a tantrum inside the dark room. I'm like, oh, you have, you're a witch. Can't you just bust the door out? And I'm like, okay, she did. She just, and then at the end, there's like this big, huge fucking car chase. And this fucking, which is kind of hilarious when you think about it. Because the witch is like behind this, the wheel of the car and she's chasing Linda Blair and Mike in this car because they're trying to go find mom before she goes off the cliff or whatever. And then like, so the witch is driving the car like, <laughs> like kind of behind them and trying to run them off the road and shit like that. It's pretty awesome. And she's also controlling the shit in their car. She makes it so the brakes don't work and the windows won't go down and other kind of shit. So she's like, um, she has like pretty good witch powers, gonna say. But again, I think at the end of the book, um, you know, Linda, like basically they don't say what happens to the witch. They just come back to the house and she's gone. And everyone's like, oh, well, you know, and that's kind of the end. But in the movie, you think the witch dies, like that Julia dies, like that she goes off the cliff in a car and the car explodes, obviously, because it's the 70s and cars just had to explode. So she does that. But then at the end, there's like a little thing where she's turning up at another family's house going, hey, I'm the governess named whatever. Because you find out that that bitch wasn't even their cousin, wasn't Julia. She was the housekeeper that was supposedly killed in the wreck. She was the housekeeper whose name was Sarah, and she decided she was just going to take over Julia's life. Which, like I said, Linda Blair kind of figured that out, too, because she, Julia got this letter from somebody, and then, like, Linda Blair called that person, and the person that she was describing was not the same, like, as, the, as Julia was. So she's like, who is this bitch? Like, she's not my cousin. Because they hadn't seen her in a long time, so she could pass herself off as them. But, um, but yeah, so... I mean, I, I don't know, like, if I hadn't known this was directed by Wes Craven, I don't know if that necessarily would have come through, because it is very much like a TV movie. This one, that he did other TV movies, too. Like, somebody mentioned he did Invitation to Hell, which I haven't seen yet. But, um, but I don't know. Like, for a 70s TV movie, this was actually pretty fun. Like I said, there's no boobs, there's no gore. Um, it's not terribly scary, and like I said, it's kind of, like, all based around teen drama, yeah. It's more kind of like a mystery. Yeah. But like with a like witchcraft kind of thing. For TV, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to uh, compare it to other TV dramas from the time. Salem's Lot's better than this. It's a little scarier, a lot cooler. A lot of cool shit happened in Salem's Lot. I uh, own that one on blue, on DVD. Uh, if you've never seen that, that's a good Stephen King movie that was made for TV. I love Salem's Lot. Yeah. That was Toby Hooper though. Toby Hooper, yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Life Force. Yeah. So that that's pretty good. This one is not quite as good, but it's still good. I put it there with kind of like like a prototype of the craft. Yeah, it um, kind of gave me a similar yeah. vibe to that. Yeah, no, by no means is it a bad movie. It's pretty good. I had a good time with it, honestly. It, it's dated. It's from the seventies, but if you're watching a seventies movie, you're expecting that. It's, yeah, it's a movie of its time, but still cool. It, it's it's uh, retro. Linda Blair is very whiny in this, though. But yeah. I really like her performance, though. She's like she's basically like yeah. a petulant high school yeah. girl, which yeah. you know that that tracks. Yeah, Brady. 
And that's what and that's what you would be like because her family seems like they have a lot of money, right? Like she's got horses and horses, so they're obviously like upper middle class or whatever. So she seems a little she's a likable character, but she does seem like she's kind of entitled. Yeah. Like she's had a lot of stuff given her to But you can understand she's sympathetic because when this witch shows up, she just starts taking everything away. Yeah. So it's like, so you can really understand how that would be, because it almost feels like she's being pushed out of her own family or pushed out of her own life even. Like this girl is like coming in here and like taking everything away from her life that she liked. And um, so so you can sympathize with her in that regard, but she is very much, she is very petulant. It's above the average for TV movies. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Much better than the fucking... From a uh, '70s TV movie about the fucking haunted airplane. What was that flight? Something or other. Oh yeah, we watched that, that not too long ago. Yeah. It was a disaster flick. Yeah, about a haunted airplane. I think it had Ornus Borgnine was in it, wasn't it? He was in it. I, yeah. I think he was in every movie. That in one was 70s. fucking incoherent. That movie was damn near incoherent. Did we review it or did we just watch it? We just watched it and went, "Fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on?" <laughs> I th- yeah, there were like, there is something about seventies TV movies or like failed pilots yeah. that I really like. Yeah. But some of them you can tell why it was a failed pilot, even yeah. for the seventies. Like some of them are just kind of like mm. a lot of seventies t- made for TV movies were kind of repetitive because they were written. They were written in a way like maybe people haven't joined the show on time yet. They, you know what I mean? They might have yeah. just joined. So we got a recap. Won. So kind of recap. <laughs> but instead of recapping, they just kind of do the same thing again, kind of like the way, kind of like the way um, that uh, soap operas did shit. Yeah. You know. They'd be like dun 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 so after the break. So they're definitely stretching the movie out. Right. To 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 play ninety minutes. Or you know what I mean? Three seg- three television segments, three half hour segments. But it has to have all these commercials in it. Yeah, it's not a solid story. This one is. Yeah, it's, they don't really yeah. do too much recapping. I nah. mean, it like I said, it's pretty predictable. You know, pretty much where it's gonna go. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't. I don't know. That didn't really diminish my enjoyment of it. No, I think it's good. I, I, I thought it was pretty good. I think, I think it's. I think it's there with. It's there with Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot's above it, but it's it's there. It's it's in that. Movie. Salem's Lot was creepy as fuck. Sa- Salem Lot was an effective horror movie. Yeah, Jeffy Art said Salem's Lot was amazing. Yeah. The Mark Window scene still makes me. Oh uneasy. yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people still oh, talk yeah. about oh, that. Yeah. Fuck, yeah, that's yeah, creepy yeah, yeah, as yeah. shit. Open that is still creepy. That yeah. scene. Let me in. The little kid come floating in through the fucking. Knocking on the fucking window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I would shit a brick if that yeah. fucking happened. Yeah, Mr. see somebody Marlo. floating outside the fucking window. Yeah, and like the I love the look of um. Of uh, Mr. Barlow in that, too. Yeah, the fucking vampire. Um, Although, in the book, he talked. He spoke. See, but I like he, it better that he didn't kind of better. This one, he didn't speak, because the guy who played him, I don't think was pretty... I don't, I don't Reggie think that, Nalder, yeah, that guy. I'm not nice. sure that guy was an actual actor, was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was an actor? I saw him. Actually, I saw him in an episode of Boris Karloff's Thriller. They, but then they rebooted, they redid Salem's Lot, and it was more closely, more closer to the book. And it definitely sucked. They made it for TV, I think. Just See, TV that's nice. what... Just making something closer to the book, yeah. that doesn't always work. Yeah, they said it kind of sucked. Looking at you, Shining miniseries that, from 1997, Dude. which is exactly like the book because Stephen King adapted it, and it's and it's about a million times suckier than the than the Stanley Kubrick one. Yeah. And I will die on that hill. Um, Sebastian says... Um, how about Kolchak? I actually did on my other channel, Scare Salon... I actually talked about the two Kolchak movies 
the Night Stalker and the Night Strangler. Um, I eventually I want to get around to doing the whole series, but I'm still working my way through Thriller with Boris Karloff and Night Gallery, so it might be a little while before I get to that. But I did do the two TV movies, though. I love those Kolchak movies, actually. Um, let me see. Hold on. Um, Danny Rowling talked about Bad Ronald. Yeah, I, did, I think I did a review of that one, too, from 1974. That was kind of like that kid that killed a girl, and then his mom hid him, like, behind the walls in the house, like, so he wouldn't get in trouble. And then she died, and then, like, a new family moves in, and he's, like, sneaking around behind the walls all the time. Who was this? What was the Bad was Ronald. Uh, never heard that of was it. based on a novel it was too. Made, made for TV? Uh huh. I didn't, I didn't see it. 1974. Yeah, I did a review of it quite a, quite a while back, I think. Um, or I talked about it. Maybe it was on my top five. Oh, I think it was on my top five from 1974. John Gore said, "Isn't Burnt Offerings a TV movie?" No, I don't know. It wasn't. That was that had a theatrical release, did it not? Yeah, I think it did. I'm pretty sure it did. I mean, I'm pretty sure that it did. Maybe it was made for TV. I don't think it was, though. I remember. Now well, I gotta look I, it they up. They might have released it and, and gave a TV airing of it, because I remember seeing commercials for it. But it may have been the trailer for it. You, can you look? Okay, I'll look. Yeah, but you uh, look. If, it, if that was made for TV, it was... You can't tell. That movie was awesome. I like Burn Off. I love Burn Off. I think I even did a video on my other channel too, like comparing the um, the see. movie and the novel. I'm gonna check because I like the novel as well. I thought it was just a movie. The novel of Burnt Offerings is actually pretty close to the book, and that's because the novel was originally it was written by Robert Morasco. It's a 1976 film. Yeah. So it doesn't say made for TV. Yeah, because it would, yeah, yeah it would say made it for TV. Made movie. for TV. Yeah. But Robert Morasco wrote the novel, and he actually wrote it first as a screenplay. And then he couldn't sell it, so he turned it into a novel, and then it subsequently got turned into a movie. Um, so the only thing that's different, well, there's a couple things different, and I think I've talked about this before, but um, the the novel has a lot more with the family, the Rolf family, like before they go to the house, like in their little cramped apartment in Queens or Brooklyn or wherever it is, and um, it, and it kind of goes more into um, Miriam's character and like how. Uh, upwardly mobile she is i guess like how she thinks she deserves better in life so there's a lot more of that and i think there's a couple things a couple little details that are different like toward them like how some of the characters die and sh and when they die and stuff like that but it's other than that it's pretty much the same um high desert says have you seen look what happened to rosemary's baby i did see that a long time ago but i would have to like rewatch it it didn't make a huge impression but i do remember that i saw it by the way if any of you have ever read, because you know Ira Levin, who wrote Rosemary's Baby, he also wrote The Stepford Wives, the novel. He wrote a sequel to Rosemary's Baby. And what the fuck was it called? Son of Rosemary. And that book, it's very rare that I don't finish a book. I mean, a book really has to either bore the shit out of me or just piss me off so much. Because normally I'll try to, like, finish something. Because I'm like, well, maybe it'll get better. Or maybe it'll redeem itself. You know what I mean? It's like a lot of things could happen. Son of Rosemary, I read the whole thing. And when I got to the end, that is the only book that made me so angry that I finished it. And then I just threw it against the wall. <laughs> I've never done that before, ever. And I love Ira Levin. I've read, like, he also wrote A Kiss Before Dying which is also great, but that book, it just, 
Because it basically just, like, not only... It just kind of shit on the the whole... The first novel. Like, it just kind of retroactively negated the whole first novel. And I was like, why? Why on earth would you do that? I don't know what it is with some fucking novelist. You know what I mean? Like I said, I love Ira Levin. Rosemary's Baby is great. Stepford Wives is great. Kiss Before Dying is great. Son of Rosemary, not so much. I really did, really did not like that book at all. It was good up until the end. And then when I read the end, I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> I was like that. I was like, fuck that. It was all just a dream. Something like I mean, that. basically, right. it wasn't a dream. It was, spoiler alert. It was a hoax, huh? No, it was, no, it wasn't a dream exactly. It was a premonition. Or they, or they tried to imply that it was a premonition because at the end of Son of Rosemary, it goes all the way back to before the events of Rosemary's Baby. Okay. Almost like she dreamed the whole thing before it actually happened. But I was just kind of like, God fucking damn it. Why? That is one of the first things they teach you in any creative writing class. You can't do that. It was all a dream shit. You just can't do it. It's too cliche. And this is kind of, this is pretty much, it was all a dream. Pretty much. But he's like, oh no, it's a premonition. Like she saw all of it happen. It's like, I don't, I don't care. It's all a dream. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, yeah. Oh, they're talking about that movie, The Car. Yeah, I liked it. We, I liked yeah, it. we reviewed that. We, I think we did a double feature. We did The yeah. Car and Race with the Devil. Yeah. We car. did like I automotive. I do too. The car, the car was good. Um, that was also a film. That wasn't made for TV. Yeah, I don't think so. No. Now they're talking about Duel. Now that was um, that actually that was, was that was made for TV. But that that's a Steve, great. That's Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. Yeah, I've never seen it. I don't think. Oh, it's great. I've never seen it in its entirety. And it's based it. on a Richard Matheson novella, which I also have, which is also good. But um, I think a lot of people don't know, but Steven Spielberg, he not only made Duel because that was like the famous one, but he also made another one right around the same time, or maybe a little bit before or after, that was called Something Evil. And it was kind of like a haunted house slash demon possession kind of thing that had that little redheaded kid from Family Affair in it. Yeah. John, what was his name? Johnny Whitaker? Whatever. And he was in it. And that's actually not bad. Like, I did a review of it not too long ago. Well, it was probably a couple years ago now. But um, but I actually really liked it because I like that kind of haunted house type of shit. But yeah, so if you haven't seen Something Evil, that's another Steven Spielberg from, from about the Duel era. Because I know Duel gets all the publicity but i liked something evil as well danny rowling said hider in the house from 1989 yeah 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 i remember seeing that gary Busey and mimi rogers um on the same level as bad ronald but scarier an underrated hidden gem from canada we should probably review that one of these days i saw it a long time ago but i haven't seen it since then um and they're talking about yeah lorimar i remember that the, the Lorimar 70s end of film jingle. All of that kind of stuff. Was it, it wasn't Lorimar, was it? What was the one that was the, at the beginning of The Muppet Show? That had like the red, green, and blue little diamond shape, type shapes? And it had like a little jingle? What the I fuck? Don't know. Like if you saw it, you'd know what I was talking about. Yeah. But okay. that is because I used to love The Muppet Show. So it's just kind of like, so that always just kind of has like weird nostalgia for me. You know what I mean? And Danny Rowling also says the paranormal activity films are legitimately pretty much a witch ghost genre. The thing about it, like I saw the first paranormal activity, which, um, which I liked, it's kind of slow, but, um, but it's pretty good. Like it, like it's a good example of how you don't have to show that much, like to make something scary. You know what I mean? But I didn't really, 
Because I kind of feel like they made a bunch of sequels of it, right? And like kind of expanded the lore out. And I kind of didn't love it when it went in that direction. Because I kind of like... That's why I don't like a lot of sequels. Because they, I, I feel like by their nature, they always have to expand the lore. Which means usually means over-explaining things. Which means taking away your mystery, taking away your ambiguity. And so making shit not as scary. You know? So I kind of feel like that's sort of what they did. I don't know. But the first one was pretty good. I don't love it, but it's it was pretty good. It was pretty creepy. Like, the end was pretty creepy. Um, let's start talking about... Jeffy Art said the remake was awful. I guess talking about the Salem's Lot. Didn't we do... Because remember there was a sequel called Return to Salem's Lot. And remember we reviewed it and it was um, not great. Oh, it was terrible. It was, it I was, remember that. That thing was terrible. It yeah. was not great. Well, I was kind of curious because they had it for free, and I was just kind of yeah. like, oh, I don't think I've ever seen this. And we watched it, and I'm like, oh, that's yeah, why, that's why, never seen that's why I've never seen yeah, it. Because <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> but I didn't know about the remake or anything like that. All right, so um, are we ready to wrap yeah, it up? Yeah. So, yeah, so if you're into Wes Craven and you've somehow never seen this movie, or if you like 70s TV movies, which I like, and if you like Linda Blair and you haven't seen this one, then uh, check it out. Like I said, it's on YouTube for free. It's on Tubi for free. It's on Plex for free. You can see it pretty much everywhere. It's under, like I said, two titles. It's either called Summer of Fear or it's called Stranger in Our House, but it's the same fucking movie from 1978. So yeah, um, check it out if you haven't seen it. So we are going to be wrapping it up. We'll be back again on Wednesday night and Zach will be very excited to know, well, he's already told me that he's very excited (laughs) because Wednesday night, the topic that won in the poll and it's going to be Thanksgiving Eve, but we're going to be talking about analog horror and the back rooms and liminal spaces. So that should be fun. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about all that kind of stuff, like all those kind of trends that are going on and horror over the past 10, 20 years or so. So uh, yeah, so that's something I like to talk about. So that should be fun. So we will see you guys again on Wednesday night. Good night.